And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast, where I pick the podcast. And I shot my cake off. And I shot my cake off. And I shot my cake off. This, I'm in a time loop. This fucking, this bit is going to get really old really quick. <laughs> You're welcome. And today we are going to be talking excessively, it seems, about the 11th episode of Season 3 of Supernatural, titled Mystery Spot. Jamie, what did you think? There's a lot to this episode. There is. And I'm going to ignore all that and okay. do my PSA straight up this week. Oh, fuck. All right. So I can't forget. I'm, I, you're throwing me right in the deep end. Yeah. I literally told you I did not know what your PSA was going to be. And normally I think of it during our discussion. So this is yeah. unfair and cruel. So what do you think my PSA is this week, Beth? Oh, God. Oh, there is so much to unpack in this episode. Oh, wait. I do have one. Yeah. Don't leave your bras at people's houses. Did you seriously think that was my kiss? It could be, because I fucking, Dean is like going through his bags and he finds this beautiful bra. And I'm like, that shit would have cost probably $80 to $90. And you left it in that man's motel room? What are you doing? I was mad about it. I was like, that is a poor financial decision. And also it looks brand new. So yeah, don't leave your expensive bras at random people's houses slash motel rooms. That is my unsolicited advice if it is not your PSA. That is very, very wrong. Okay, my PSA this week is be like Sam and Dean. Look after your dental hygiene. We oh. see them brushing their teeth. <laughs> like we see 40 them- times. <laughs> we see them using mouthwash. Like Take care of your teeth. We don't see them floss. You should floss. You should also floss. Yes. Well, I can't argue with that because I'm not a dentist. Brush your teeth. Use mouthwash if you want. I don't like to because it tastes gross, but... Dental hygiene. Excluding (laughs) dental hygiene, is there anything else you'd like to talk about? Oh, I guess we have to talk about (laughs) the next one, don't we? Okay, let... Sam does this thing where he kind of uses the fact he's in a time loop as an excuse to be a dick to service workers. He, yeah, he's getting real mad. And, like, I get it, but I'm also like, Sam, no Don't one else is, like, no one else is stuck in the time loop. So you're mad at Sam? Is that the takeaway of the episode? Well, we do have to talk about Sam this episode. Let's talk about Sam this episode. Yeah, let's talk about Sam a lot. He's a pickpocket now. He is! I I love the, like, subtlety of him stealing the keys yeah. from the old driver. I think it's great. I was hoping that you would enjoy that. I love this episode. I really do. It's very interesting for a number of reasons. But I think just Sam in general, it's just a wealth of character stuff. So we should talk about the fact that when Dean dies, Sam goes full John. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, full John. Full John. Do you remember I was saying, like, Sam is John, and you were like, he's John Coded, and I was like, I hate you, but yes. Yeah. John. Yeah. That is very John of him. He goes full military, like, routine. Like, the bit, it always makes me laugh a little bit when it's, like, the six months later section and he's, like, in the motel room and his alarm goes off and he just sits up like a fucking ramrod. (laughs) It's so funny. I'm like, damn, relax for two seconds. Like, you were just asleep. Like, at least, but no, he's like, I'm awake now. And he just sits up with his straight posture and he gets out and he immediately makes his bed. And I'm like, damn, okay. John's like, I'm going to hunt Azazel down and kill him for killing Mary. Mm -hmm. And Sam goes, I'm going to hunt the trickster down and kill him for killing Dean. Sam's like, even if it means I have to sacrifice a whole ass another human being. Right? I love that Sam was like, hmm, this like ridiculous rage thing that my dad did worked out real well for him. Guess I'll do it too. He's dead and in hell now. Literally. Well, I mean, guess so is Dean at this point. But like, oh God, it just... Which, Dean was technically in hell for six months. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. I get like trickster magic voodoo stuff, but... But the world kept turning. The world did keep turning. Mm. I have a question for you. And this is something that kind of gets tossed around in fandom a fair bit. With episodes like this where they play around with time. Yeah. So... Sam says at one point in the episode that he's lived through a hundred Tuesdays, right? So if you want to look at sort of like 
Let's That's say like 30 a, days yeah. to a month. So he's lived over three months of Tuesdays, which is an insane amount, right? Tuesdays aren't that good. And then at a, at a certain point, he says that he lost count of how many Tuesdays. It means yeah. he, he did so many more Tuesdays after that that he forgot. And then there was an additional six months of time after Dean died, right? So that's like, what, almost a year? Or we could round it up probably to about a year's worth of time. So the original 100 Tuesdays is three months. Yeah. Then six months. So that's nine months. And then we also know that there was enough Tuesdays he's forgot how many. Yeah. So we could probably round that out to like a 12-month period. So is Sam a year older now? Because he has experienced that year, regardless of whether or not it was actual time passing. Like, does that add on to his total age, cumulatively? Because it's a year of experience. He doesn't forget it. Yeah. Like, his body won't have aged. But yeah. emotionally and mentally... Emotionally and mentally, he's aged. He's like, aged. Stop. Like, he, he... Emotionally and mentally, I reckon he's aged. Physically, not. But, because it was reset. But I'd be really curious. Like, I know it's not the premise of this episode. Okay. But if Dean had been the one stuck in the time loop... Yeah. Would the three months of Tuesdays as counted of his last three months... Oh. ...of his deal... Yeah, actually, that's a really good question. And through that framework, yeah, would the three months of Tuesdays that he unwittingly experienced have been the reason why he died on the Wednesday anyway? Because Dude, that was his mind. deal getting fulfilled because he had had his year. That's actually... And then if that is the case, does the trickster have the power to theoretically break the Crossroads demon deal? Just by, like, loophole. Yeah. Evasion. Dude, your brain right now? Galaxy level. I love it. <laughs> okay. So, yes. The trickster is obviously, like, insanely powerful. Yeah. Like, you want to talk Which, about, like, an OP? We will talk about. Oh, will we? We will talk about the trickster. Okay. Today. At right. some point. We'll have And to. specifically about how this episode is everything that Tall Tales could have been. Yeah. But wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> they really came back and they did it yeah. properly. Also, I do just want to point out that we had two writers for this episode. We had Emily McLaughlin, whose name I recognize, but I couldn't tell you off the top of my head any of their episodes. Not real notable. Yeah. Um, well, they may be. It just might not be that yeah. they're one of the ones that I know. But also Jeremy Carver, who I pointed out to you, he started season the runner. season and yeah. he becomes showrunner. Yeah. So just worth knowing, as like, like I point out when we have a Sarah Gamble episode, I will point out when we have a Jeremy Carver yeah. episode as well, because obvious reasons. Is this the first Jeremy Carver, or have we had No, the first Jeremy Carver was a very supernatural Christmas that we did okay. with KJ. So, other seasons that he was showrunner, just really fucking weird. Because uh, <laughs> both of his episodes so far have been like, I okay. Because <laughs> I'm like, cause I know you've got your Sarah Gamble long gone. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I know that, just, that that is kind of framing how you're looking towards mm, her seasons. Yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to keep track of when we have a showrunner write an episode yeah. so that you can kind of, like, build that expe- like that thought it, process. Okay. The same I, way that I've, only, I've only seen two episodes that he's written. Mm-hmm. It, you will have another one before the mm, end of the season. It feels like in his episodes, nothing has actual consequences. His seasons definitely have consequences. But they're seasons, yeah. so, you know. Yeah, but it just, it feels very, not like self-contained, but sort of like, it just feels like, he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to introduce this concept. Yeah. The concept that the trickster can fuck with time really significantly, and we're just not going to do anything else with that. It's like he got out of the time loop, that's it. To be fair... He also didn't kill the trickster yeah. again at the end. So it does leave him, like, he's leaving yeah. room for others to pick up that thread. thread. Because as of yet, we haven't come across any other being that can play with time that way. Mm. Like, we have demons who can make deals regarding time, obviously, because, like, yeah. as we've got the main point of the season is that Dean's going to die, right? Because of his demon deal. Yeah. But that's not manipulating time. This is the first time... I guess you could argue that a reaper kind of manipulates time in the sense that they can manipulate the amount of time a person has left. Yeah. But that's, again, by force. Like, mm. you know, they wouldn't do it just because. They um, can do it, but they don't because it disturbs the natural order. Of exactly. Things. And their whole point is keeping the natural order. Yeah. So, yes, the trickster is, like, this incredibly overpowered character that's really... Like, that's why the episodes that he's used in are always stand out because they're just... They can do whatever the fuck they want because they can just, like, wipe it away. It's like, well, the trickster did it. Yeah. The trickster just did it. It's it's so fun because it just – it opens up this sandbox that is, like, yeah. otherwise 
you would have to find an explanation for yeah. it. Yeah. But with the trickster, they're just like, oh yeah, he just like, he can just do that. And like, there's no, like you said, there's no real consequence. They just say, oh, he can do it. But no, and like in a very supernatural Christmas, it sort of feels like they doubled down on the whole like Norse gods and mythology thing, but then there was no real like... Link. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that is interesting is that these first two episodes we've had of him have been very humour heavy. And very chaotic. Very chaotic. Very humour heavy. And his last episode this season is not that. It's a very, like, so you're going to get some dichotomy between, like, the sort of okay. various sides. Yeah. He's Because, doing... again, I'm judging this. Like, here's the thing. My Sarah Gamble Long Kong came after, like, two seasons worth yeah. of Sarah Gamble episodes. Like, yeah. she had, like, four or five in the first season, I think. She's written a fair few of them. And then she so had far. another couple before I... So I already and she's had... written, like, half of this fucking season. <laughs> yeah. I already had a decent chunk of her work to sort of be able to base it off of. So he has one episode left this season. It's the third to last. Okay. And it's certainly a very different vibe. But that's good because you can see his range. <laughs> Watching this episode makes me very, very disappointed in Tall Tales. It makes me so disappointed in Tall Tales. Yeah. It's like this is what you do with a character like that because it's a brilliant character. And the actor who plays... Richard Spate Jr. Richard Spate yeah, Jr. he's fantastic. Very good. Very interesting character. Very fun character. Yeah. And it just, like, it makes me really, like, very disappointed that Tall Tales was shit. Yeah, it, it like, really makes you realise, like, we've had also Bad Day at Black Rock this, this yeah. season. Can you imagine the chaos if you had done, like, the hilarity levels of, like, Bad Day at Black Rock yeah. combined with the character of the... Like, yeah. that is what Tall Tales was supposed to be. And it yeah. just didn't quite... A bad choice. <laughs> yeah. Big yikes, even. Big yikes, even. Yeah, it's very disappointing to see, like, the sheer potential this character has after such a disappointing introduction. And like but I told again, you... But again, the trickster has a... I don't know if it's the trickster's dog. Yeah! Like, <laughs> once again, we have a trickster episode with a dog. Well, look, this is a theme that we should keep an eye out for. I'm trying to think. The next episode we have him in... Does it have a dog? I'm trying to think of it. I don't know that it does. Because, like, okay, the first dog wasn't really all that plot significant. There was, like stage the next episode that he's in yeah i'm trying to explain it without being like spoilery but there are like stages of the episode and so i'm trying to break down each stage in my mind to think if there's a dog in it at any point i i don't think that there is i don't think there is but i could be wrong i've forgotten dogs before yeah so (laughs) i've just gone i'm just like going through all of the different sections of that episode going like no no dog no dog no dog no dog i think i i think I'm correct. I don't think there is a dog in that episode. Which now, or if there is, it's like a single shot of a dog and then it moves on. Like it's not yeah. like like there might be a scene. Like there's a scene where they're in a park. There might be, a and dog maybe in the a dog is being walked. Yeah. During that scene, when they're on the bike, but it's not like there's a dog that kills Dean. Like yeah, it's not like this dog. Uh, also, speaking of Dean dying, I know, I know, we're talking about Sam. I know we're talking yeah. about the trickster, but I do just want to ask. We'll get back there. What was we, we always look back around. What was your favourite way Dean died? Did you have one? I didn't like think like, oh yeah, this one's my favourite. Um, <laughs> I I really enjoyed just the inherent comedy yeah. of Sam being like, We're not leaving this room. Yeah. Dean takes a shower and falls and dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do like the inherent comedy of that. I love that um, Dean, like, sticks his head out and he's just like, so we can't even go for breakfast and Sam's like, no. And he's like, why not? You'll thank me when it's Wednesday. And he's like, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> I love that little interaction. It's very The fun. editing on the rapid deaths. Yeah. Where it's just like. Amazing. Wake up death. Wake up death. death. Wake, wake up, up death. death. Brilliant. Yeah. That was props to the editor. They did an incredible it's job fantastic. on It's fantastic. I think, the reason I asked, I think my favourite death is... Oh, it's a toss-up between two. It's either the piano falling on him. I actually saw that coming. Yeah. I, I was like, oh, when they were just standing there talking, like, we've got to go back. I'm like, the piano's going to fall on him. Yeah. It's that one, purely because if you're not expecting it, it's so fucking out of the blue and it's so shocking. It's also so But it funny. is heavily foreshadowed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Incredibly it's heavily so- foreshadowed. It is, but that's also what makes it so good because you're like, oh, this has been set up this whole fucking time. And then they do the shot of his legs and it's kind of like, 
Wizard of Wizard, Oz. Wizard of Oz with, with the shoes. Exactly. And then you just pan up and Sam just looks so fucking disheartened. He's just like, holy. <laughs> it's so funny. He looks like when he lost his shoe and I just, it's so precious. So that one and the one where Sam is axing down the fucking mysteries. <laughs> And he's like, it's okay, it's chilling. He's like, no, I'm taking it back to the studs. And like that poor guy is just like fully duct taped up and he's like, and he's like, it's fine. Everything's gonna be okay. Sam, I think we're done. <laughs> it's just it's so funny. And then like Dean's like and splash blood kills and like Dean anyway. And, and Sam's horrified little, oh no. <laughs> it's just so good. I will say though, the wake up shot reminds me so heavily of the good place. Yeah, you're right. Every time Eleanor like wakes up in the good of, place, yeah, and regenerates. Yeah. yeah, it's fantastic. So you didn't have a, a necessarily a favorite other than the, maybe the shower. No, thinking about it, I think yeah, I think the shower is probably my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Just the inherent comedy of them being like, nope, we're gonna stay in this hotel room. It's safe here. Like yeah. we're not gonna go anywhere. And then it's like actually the taco one as well. Just like him being like, this tastes funny to you, and then cut. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> so good who knew that dean dying like a hundred times is going to be comedy literally let's actually talk about sam though okay yes what we were originally trying to talk about before we were like oh let's do this instead yeah john john yeah immediate john he's like ah yes the you know john was like i'm gonna kill azazel for killing mary Mm -hmm. and i'm gonna do whatever it takes fuck everyone everyone else around me. me yeah like, not going to talk to Bobby, etc. I'm going to make dumbass fucking plans on my motel wall. Sam is like, I'm going to kill the trickster at any goddamn cost. Not going to talk to Bobby. Can we talk for, like, a very brief moment about how Bobby is just so good? Like, he's calling... To be fair, though, like, we only get one line in this that's actually Bobby. Yeah, but, like, the trickster is not trying to make... Like, the trickster is playing a reliable Bobby. Like he's, he's a method actor. Yeah, it's not like, oh, like, this Bobby seems off, like, if he was possessed or something. Yeah. This is very much like, no, this is very in character for a Bobby. Like, he's calling and he's leaving voice messages. And to be fair, when the trickster shows up as Bobby at the end, we don't necessarily know that that means that every time Bobby has tried to check in no, on him. No, that's what I mean. Like, we, we go to a shoot, but there's only, like, one time that they actually show Bobby checking in. We get, like, three different voice messages of that montage. Of Sam, like, doing I thought that was one big... No, there's, like, three separate beeps. Uh, I didn't hear the beeps. Oh, okay. So there's, like, a beep to, like, timestamp it. But, yeah, I think there's It was my best friend's engagement party last night. I was out till, like, 3 a.m. I watched (laughs) it this morning before I came around. Like, I was tired. (laughs) We'll forgive you. Yes, no. So there's, like, there's, like, a beep at the start of every little bit from Bobby. So I think there's three or four messages where he's, he's checked in over the months to say, Hey, Sam, like, I heard about that case you did in Austin. Like, hey, Sam... You know, blah, blah, blah. And then the last one is, hey, Sam, like, I found him. But yes, Bobby is a fucking blessing. We love him so much. What's interesting about this scenario, and I'm interested to ask you your opinion on this, and I really can't speak to it because it is spoiler territory. Do you think that this is an accurate representation of what Sam would be like if Dean died? Or do you think that this is inaccurate because it's fabricated by the trickster? Like the scenario has been fabricated. I think it's accurate to this scenario. Okay. I don't think it's just like, this is what Sam would do if Dean died. I think this is what Sam does if Dean is killed by a trickster. Sure. Who's still out there messing with people. Like, I think it's the fact that it's the trickster that did it. They thought they'd already killed him. They hadn't killed him. He come back. Now Dean's dead. So he has something to hunt. He has something to hunt. I think when Dean's demon dealer inevitably comes to pass. Yeah. I think that's going to be different because he doesn't have a single entity to be able to be like... If I kill you, I have my revenge. Yeah, Yeah. so it's sort of like, I mean, he might eventually work out who's holding the actual contracts Mm. and be able to hunt them down, Mm -hmm. but it's not as personal because it's not like the demon that holds the contracts is there taunting Sam. Yeah. Like, Sam's not the reason... Well, Sam is the reason that Dean's going to die, but... (laughs) Not directly. <laughs> it's not his fault. Dean's not going to die because there's a trickster god trying to teach Sam a lesson. Like, yeah. Like, it's not yeah. that. Like, he's going to die because he chose to save Sam. Yeah. Not because some sort of all-powerful deity has chosen to teach Sam a lesson. Like, it's not. Yeah. 
Okay, so just to, to clarify, so you don't think that this is actually what Sam's behaviour would be like if Dean's deal just came up? Yeah, I think some of it might hold. Like, he might become more John-like and sort of just live for hunting, but I don't think it's going to be quite as, like, revenge-based because mm-hmm. he doesn't have, like, a single entity that he can hold responsible. So you don't think he'd get to the point where he'd, like, willingly murder a civilian and drain their blood? Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. I don't think he'd get to that point. I think... Also because it's a demon that... What do you mean? Like, when Dean's demon deal comes up... Oh, I thought you were talking about Sam, and I was like, at what point did Sam talk to a demon this episode? I was like, did I even yeah, miss Ruby something? Yeah, Ruby wasn't here. <laughs> okay. Ruby, but when Dean's demon deal comes up, yeah. it's going to be a demon. They know how to kill a demon without yeah. killing a civilian to kill. Sure. Like, well, kind of. Because if the demon's possessing somebody, then they are killing a civilian. Civilian, but, at the end of the day, the chances are the villain would have died anyway when they were... But they can, you know, they can exercise a demon. They can... There are other workarounds other yeah. than just, like, literally pulling someone off the street and murdering them yeah. for the sake of... Summoning of the it. tricks that even have a blood. chance to be able to kill it. Cool. I just, I was wondering because... Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. makes sense. I just, I wanted to ask because it is something that's, like, a potential, like, future that's coming up. Obviously, we don't really know the extent of, of what goes on, but... The whole point of this episode is the tricks are trying to teach Sam to learn how to get on without Dean. And yeah. I would say he kind of fails spectacularly. Yeah. Like, I feel like Sam got an F in life without Dean. Like, <laughs> 101. He really needs to retake that course because uh, boy doesn't do well. Yeah, I think I think the, the thing that's going to really make the difference is Dean chose the demon deal. Mm-hmm. Dean did not choose to be killed two million times on a Tuesday. Yeah. Like... That is a thing that is directly Sam's... Yeah. What Sam would view as his fault because the tricks is trying to teach him a lesson mm-hmm. through killing Dean. Do you think Sam learned the lesson? No. 100% not. Yeah. I, I think the boy looked at the lesson plan was like, <laughs> I don't think this applies to me <laughs> and just continued on with his day. Sam was that one gif of uh, Nick Fury that's like, I see the council has made the, a decision, yeah. given it's a stupid-ass decision, I've elected to, to ignore it. Yes, okay. Like, so that Sam accepts Sam is wrong, and Sam really should start thinking of some coping strategies. Yeah. And it actually kind of ties well into the discussion that Ruby had with Dean uh, just a couple of episodes ago, where she's saying to him, like, you have to help me get Sam ready to live without that, you. Yeah. Because it's an inevitable, like at this point like there is actually nothing I can do to help you I had to tell Sam that because otherwise he wouldn't talk to me and I do find it interesting and I wonder what your thoughts are on this why the trickster cares because like you get why Ruby cares but does the trickster care I mean he's just gone to a lot of fucking effort or does he just like messing with people that's true I would hesitate to say that the trickster actually cares Okay. I think the trickster's just still kind of salty that they tried to murder him the first time. <laughs> I mean, that's like, fair, yeah. My entire shtick, my entire MO is seeing people who need to learn a lesson and forcing them quite violently to learn that lesson. Like, the yes, other yeah. example in this episode is, this guy didn't think wormholes were real, so I fucking threw him in one. Yeah, which is like, fucking iconic. <laughs> so I think it's just sort of a case of, like, he wanted to mess with Sam and Dean, he realised that Sam has a pretty steep lesson that he needs to, to learn. learn. Yeah. And was like, I'm going to help him. Yeah, so that like there would have been no point in him simulating hell for Dean because no. Dean's like... Dean has already learned his lesson that the demon deal was a fucking shitty idea. Yeah, exactly. So it makes sense that he would, he would sort of try to teach Sam that lesson. Yeah. All right, cool. I just, I wanted to get your thoughts because it is a very interesting sort of setup. Yeah. Like, just in terms of like Sam in general and also like our second episode with the trickster, it's... He's really the only recurring, like... Antagonist. Yeah, antagonist is a good word. Every other antagonist they just sort of kill. Yeah, that is dealt with, or is, like, ongoing, like, uh, Azazel was. Yeah. Like, whereas this is, like, a monster of the week who's returned for, like, a secondary episode, which we don't see that often. Mm -hmm. And so it's cool to be able to get more, sort of, insight into those characters. Last episode I said a lot, very often, actually, I said a lot of, this will be relevant later. And there was... You had a list. I had a list. This episode, there were a couple of points where I'm like, this will be relevant later, and I'm not going to point them out so much because people listening who have seen the show will know very well which will be relevant later, um, and I'm going to try to talk about these things. Also, just some of them are really obvious that they're going to be relevant later, specifically Sam having to live without Dean for six months, leaving that Dean was dead. 
Was he still in technically like a time loop, but just like a six month time loop? I guess. I guess he was just, unless he was sort of just, it was unclear with the trickster and this episode in general, is if everything outside of the time bubble he's created is frozen. Like, did Dean die and then he created a time loop around that scenario Mm -hmm. and just let Sam keep living in it, but Dean was just like lying on the pavement for six months? (laughs) Fun payoff. Yeah. All of the six months happens in actual time. Yeah. And when he resets, he resets with Dean's soul and all that sort of stuff. But at this point, Dean's already a demon. Ooh. You know what? Spicy. So, like, the six months happen. In that six months, Dean became a demon. From torture. I feel like the process is usually a lot longer. longer. Yeah, we're speedrunning it for Dean. Although Dean Winchester, VIP, could get, you know. Speedrun. Yeah, demon speedrun. Yeah, sure. Human to demon speedrun. Um... (laughs) He's like he's a new demon and he's trying to deal with it, but he's also trying not to reveal to Sam that he's already a demon. Oh, dude, what a dynamic! Is look, you can't tell me that it's not a possibility. I don't know how the trickster messes with time. Technically, the trickster, like I was saying, he's so and also even like the trickster can mess with time. I think it would be really fun if everything that happened to the soul in the time loops still counts well like that's what i was asking yeah. before like does sam's emotional and like psychological like yeah and i think like the the soul ages in that time but, but the body doesn't the body doesn't okay cool 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 what i usually try to do in episodes where i'm like oh this will be relevant later like obviously last week i just went through the fucking list because there were so many but and there's usually, no way in hell i could guess what any of them fucking exactly are. but usually when there's like oh this will be relevant later I try to bring it up in a way where Jamie won't necessarily know that that's why I'm bringing it up. This one in particular, I just, it's going to be one of those ones where like, if I can't figure out how to ask her about it or talk about it in a way that's like vague, yeah, then I just kind of go, I'm going to explain this vaguely. And if you know, you know. Hope to hell a listener understands what I'm talking about. There is a discussion or part of the discussion that Sam has with the trickster after he's revealed at the end of the episode, after Sam has killed quote unquote Bobby, to do with being able to let go of your family. And if you know why that is relevant later, then you know why that's relevant later and why that's actually really interesting. And it will come back to this in later episodes when Jamie has further context and stuff. But I just, I'd never really noticed that particular line before on on watching the episode because I've never really watched it with intent to talk about it like this before. So I just thought it was cool that that line was in there because it does make you wonder if they were already thinking about some things from later seasons when they were writing this. But it doesn't seem possible given that they didn't really know where they were going with the show at this point in time because they didn't know what was going to happen at the end of this fucking season yet. So it was interesting. <laughs> this, but yeah, sure. Maybe this is the start of the Jeremy Carver long gone. Um, but yeah, so if you know what I mean, uh, is you know what you're what talking I mean. about at least relevant to the seasons that he was showrunner? Not really. Oh, like the the specific things you're thinking about do not fall in his seasons. No. Okay. No. But it's one of those moments where I'm like, this will be relevant later. Uh, and I just, I didn't know yeah. how to bring it up. So there you go. Hopefully that was vague enough. I mean, to be fair though, this entire show is like a thesis statement in being able to let loved ones go. Because like, yeah. John failed to let go of Mary. Mm-hmm. Turned into a child abusing alcoholic prick. Yeah, it's a good summary. Dean failed to let go of Sam. Made a shitty demon deal to bring him back. John failed to let go of Dean. Made a shitty demon deal to bring him back. Mm-hmm. Sam failed to let go of Dean, took him to a faith healer, who then swapped Dean's life force. This show is all about... Not fucking letting anything go. Yeah, they really, they really struggle. It's, do you remember... Sam failed to let go of John and just shoot him like he fucking should have when he was possessed by Azazel. <laughs> yeah, this is a theme that continues. It's very much a very interesting thing with the, with the show at large, is that they have this attitude of like, it's bad except when we do it. Then, then it's okay, you know? So you're talking about Crossroads and Blues v. the season finale. Yes, literally, where Dean is going from, like, you never make these deals, it's a stupid deal, it's selfish on your part, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, ten episodes later, he's like, actually, I'm going to do exactly the thing that I said you should never do. Yes, yeah. because I'm doing it, so it's different. Yeah, 
It's sad, it is so that. It's different. And you see this with my, many, many characters across the show. It's not even just relevant to Sam and Dean. He's like, like, hey, it's look, already this been thing relevant my to dad John. did to me and forced me to survive past him, despite the fact I was about to be chilling in heaven. Mm-hmm. My dad forced me to come back to life at the cost of his own life. I feel really shitty that he died to save me. Yeah. That was a shitty thing to do. I'm going to do it to Sam. Yeah, literally. Literally. It's like, wow, look at all this trauma this gave me. I've got a great idea. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it, it's interesting to watch it evolve and how they all kind of, because they each make deals at separate points in the show, it's interesting to see how they react to each other's deals. And it's really funny. Sometimes we get moments where they're like, tell me you would have done something different. And it's like, yeah, you fucking can't because, yeah, you're right. You the did it last season. Exactly. It's like we're just swapping at this point, you know. Again, I reckon the system is just to, like, one of you sells your soul for the other soul, and then you just go backwards and forwards. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I want to talk about the first time Dean dies, because I sure. think this is really fucking stupid. Okay. Right? Dean's just been shot, okay? Yes. Sam's just there, like, cradling him, not putting any fucking pressure on the wound. <laughs> Sam should know better. Bro, you're going to fucking hate the finale. <laughs> But he's not fucking putting any pressure on the wound to try and stop his brother from fucking bleeding Yeah, well, out. at least in this one he was going to call 911. Believe me, he learns nothing in fucking 12 years. Actually, there was another death that I loved that I forgot to mention. The second death when Dean gets hit by the car. Yeah. It's not the actual death that I love. I like that one was fine. Yeah. But what the part that I love is the next day when Dean goes to cross the road and Sam's like, no. And, like, the car goes past and Dean's like, whoa, that was close. And then he looks at Sam and Sam's like, not funny. And he's like, wait, did I die? And, and he's like, did I look cool? And Sam just deadpan just goes, you peed yourself. It gets me every time. And then Dean immediately is, like, so, like, defensive. He's like, of course I peed myself. Man gets hit by a car. You think he's got full control of his bladder? It's just... It's also, so he, funny. He is so insulted that he didn't look cool while dying. I know. I think that's because, like, his whole thing was, like, and I don't remember if we've had him explicitly state it yet, but at some point in the Kripke era, at least, he does talk about it and how he talks about how he always just assumes that he'd die on the job. He, he'll die with a gun in his hand and he knows that that's how he's going to die, basically, is his opinion at this point in the series. He can't see himself living beyond 30. That's just, like, like he's a hunter. Yeah. Like, it, the likelihood of him getting to a point where he's it not... It might have been dirt, in faith. Like, oh, yeah, maybe he did talk about it in faith. Uh, we've, I don't know if it was that specific, but he does talk a little in faith about how, like, don't worry about me, Sam. Like, I knew I was going to die anyway. Like, yeah, um, maybe maybe it was that episode. And maybe also in Croatoan. Yeah. I, I think he has discussed it, but it is one of those things where he seems to have this opinion where he's like, oh yeah, I'm like... I'm going to go out in a blaze of glory or I'm not going to go Blaze of glory is exactly the phrase. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that he's like, well, if I get hit by a car, like I'm going to do like three flips through the fucking air and I'm going to look cool doing it. And Sam's like, no, you look like you got hit by a fucking car. There is nothing cool about that. There is no glory in, you know, in Getting death. hit by a car. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's very fucking funny. <laughs> oh, also, sorry, I learned things this episode. Oh, okay. Because take me to school. There have been things in this episode that I've never understood. Yeah. And so I was like, what a perfect opportunity to do some pre-podcast googling. Okay. Would you like to know what pig in a poke is a reference to? I just figured it was like a pig in a blanket. See, I always bigger. just assumed like because pig like sausage. Yeah. So I always assumed it was yeah like some sort of pork. I was like it's yeah. breakfast, so like maybe it's like bacon sausages that kind of thing, right? Yeah. No, a pig in a poke is a phrase, something that is bought or accepted without first being seen or assessed, which is a weird thing to name a breakfast item. I, <laughs> it's like mystery meat. Like, why would you want that? Which makes. It, it makes way more sense where Sam is like, do you even know what that is? And Dean's like, eh, because he doesn't. That's the whole point of what the fucking food is called, is you don't and know what it is. And then he orders it with sausages anyway. Yeah. And he's chosen with bacon sausages. Yeah, I know. Uh, and also, the other thing, I have never fucking understood what 
what they mean by like, what do you want? A Pulitzer? I have never got it. I'm like, I, I referenced straight over my head. So I Googled, what is a Pulitzer? It's a writing prize. It is. It's a, for novels and shit. It is. It's a, an award for achievements in newspaper, magazine, online journalism, literature, and musical composition. It was established in 1917. It's an arts award. Yeah, I did not know that. Didn't you know what a Pulitzer was? Well, not until I googled it last night. Well, guess what? There's also a reference to a Pulitzer in Leverage. So now you know what it is. (laughs) So, obviously, this episode, I'm sure you would have picked up on the fact that it's sort of like a a fan favourite. This is one that people joke about a lot. So, Heat of the Moment by Asia is just one of those songs. It's a fandom song now. Like, it's been claimed. Yeah, yeah. and I want to know, because it's it's a pretty popular song, just generally, right? Do you think every time Sam hears this song, from now on, like, they're listening to the radio. Panic attack. Do you think he just fully flips out? Because I think I would. He lived through over a hundred Tuesdays like this. Can you imagine a year from this point? He hears heat of the moment and is immediately terrified. Like, we're making a joke out of it, but it's, like, low-key, like, a genuine, like, PTSD thing. yeah. Like, can you imagine? He's just, like, vibing, doing whatever. It comes on the radio and his immediate thought is, oh, no, it's Tuesday again. Like, dude. Like, he would have been fully pavloved by this. Yeah. Crazy, right? Crazy. And then the fact that the first time he hears the song, Dean's like, yeah, good, isn't it? And he's like, yeah, and if I ever hear it again, I'm going to kill myself. And then it's every morning. Oh, I would also like to point out when Sam is, like, acting weird and Dean's like, what's wrong? Like, are you okay? You're, like, staring. And he's like, oh, I just had a really weird dream. And I'm like, yeah, as opposed to your fucking normal dreams, Sam, all of your dreams are fucking weird. Yeah, that's weird. Because he goes, I just, and, like, Dean makes a joke and it's not like a... Yeah, he doesn't even ask. Yeah, which is considering... Sam's previous weird dreams. <laughs> here's the thing. You say, like, oh, there's a lot of things, like, and the tricks is one of them, where it's, like, you don't know when they're going to show up again. Like, they're yeah. just sort of hanging out. They have a lot of things that are just sort of hanging that they, they seem to half remember. Yeah. Then there are things. That they just, like, like dropped. <laughs> Sam's psychic visions that they just, like, dropped. They were, like, oh, Demon Hunger Games are over. He doesn't get them anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was, I think he says after Azazel died, yeah. he didn't get them anymore. Which is, like, weird because I'm like, you still have the demon blood in you, surely. Like, like that didn't go away. Maybe he needs the connection to Azazel to, like, keep it. But then it's, like, this implication that, like, they're getting their abilities from Azazel's power, which doesn't yeah. really make much fucking sense. Okay, most of his visions were about other special children. Yeah, true. But... They said there were generations of special children. Yeah, who's to say they haven't had another generation since? Although maybe they haven't come to age yet because they all sort of started getting them at like the 22-year mark. So maybe they're just not old enough yet. Unless he does it like every year. Oh my (laughs) god, imagine. Okay, I I know this is not what it is. Okay. I know for a fact this is not. Like, this is too simple. I want to hear it anyway. But imagine if he just like picks like one night a year. Right, one night a year, and every baby who has their six-month birthday on that one night of the year, he goes around and gives all of them demon blood. That's how he chooses them. It's just Jesus fucking Christ. It's just random. Whoever happened to be six months on that day, right? And he does it every year, like fucking Santa Claus. And every year they hold a different demon Hunger Games. It does kind of make you wonder why no other demons have done this. Yeah, because like clearly it's not that hard. How hard is it to put something in a baby's mouth? Not very hard. It's like taking candy from a baby. It's literally, the, op- it's literally the opposite. It's, it's literally the opposite of candy from a baby. Like, you, you give the baby candy, you can make lollipops out of demon blood. Oh my god. <laughs> demon blood lollipops. <laughs> this is like an efficiency thing. You know how we're like, oh, salt so hulips. Just give the babies fucking a demon lo- like blood lollipop. And they you can literally stand at like a supermarket. You know how they give out free tasters at like yeah. supermarkets? they did before the panini you could just like give out tasters of like foods people will eat whatever you offer them if it's free dean is a prime example of this multiple times he has taken food and drinks from people who are trying to kill him yeah i just i just feel like azazel could have just stood at woolworths and handed people like handed people like tiny little pieces of fritz on a cracker or whatever and just been like oh yeah we've got a new tomato relish and it's just like little demon blood tomato sauce with blood in it yeah Wow, this is a horrifying train of thought. Oh, I do want to talk about Dean's final death. Yes. Specifically the time... The blood spurt? I know. 
I was watching, I was like, oh, oh Jamie's gonna want to talk about this. That is so fucking sad. <laughs> it's, it's like this dude's vision. It's, it's like, like this. It's this scene with like all this gravitas because like it's Wednesday and Dean's dead, so you know it's gonna be permanent. Yeah. Or at least it's because there's no do overs. Yeah, it's not like oh, the God. automatic do over of you and know as soon Sam as Dean is dies. Holding him, and then he's like blinks like he's gonna wake up, and then he doesn't. And when he realizes, and you're just like, oh poor Sam. <laughs> but yes, his little blood spurt, fucking just so funny. It would be perfect for catching in a demon cup. Oh, we we need to address something as Australians. Oh yeah, the kind of low key racist like implication that the dingo ate my baby is some sort of like joke joke or like thing that a crazy person would say despite the fact that indigenous australians for years have been saying oh no this is like how it works yeah dingoes will eat uh, like or go after unattended young children they'll do that we would know and it's yet another example of white australians being like oh yeah nah we know this better than you despite the fact you've lived here over 40,000 years, uh, and we rocked up, like, 200 years ago and fucked everything up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, in case you aren't aware, because you don't live in Australia and, and whatever, but the dingo literally did eat her baby. Like, yeah. it's not actually a joke. Like, I know no. a lot of people thought that this woman murdered her child and they, she was trying to frame a dingo and, like, that's, like, she's crazy because she's yeah. saying, no, no, like, the dingo literally fucking ate her child. Uh, it's not funny. No. So, and also, this is the second fucking episode in a row now where we've had a weird Australian reference that has been completely... Incorrect. Incorrect and low-key racist. So, just weird trends that I did not expect to find in this television show. And Lindy Chamberlain faced ridicule for years. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. From the media. And just... Like, her life that was... quote is known worldwide yeah. enough to be in a fucking television show as a pop culture reference. Yeah. Like, her child was killed, and it was global news. But the thing that was global news about it was that they were saying that she was crazy. Yeah, and because she believed that a dingo ate her baby. Or she was trying to say that a dingo ate her baby, and she just actually killed her baby. Yeah. And it's is... like, what a... Like, the amount of trauma that you're going through just as a parent who has lost their newborn child let alone the rest of that shit. And then you add on to the layer of, like, the vague racism of just, like, we were like, oh, no, we're going to dismiss an yeah. indigenous knowledge of the place where they have lived. And protected their children for thousands and thousands and thousands of years from this exact fucking animal and this exact fucking threat. But no, we know better than you because we've been here 200. Yeah. Big yikes. Big fucking yikes. So... Vague Australian racism was not a thing that I expected to show up in Supernatural, a show that's normally just vague American racism. Well, look, they really branch out in their racism in the later seasons. Don't you worry. No Um, one's fucking safe? No one's fucking safe. So, I want to sort of derail us a little bit, and I want to ask you about the set. Specifically, I want to ask about the set of the mystery spot. Because I just feel like that would have been the most fun set to make. But it does make me wonder, do you reckon that they built that set? Or do you reckon they went to a legit mystery spot that just looked that tacky? I don't know if they would have gotten away with trying to knock a wall out in a legit... Oh, yeah, good point. Good point. So do you think that they made that set then? Because, like, it just looks like it would be so fun. Logistically, if they did go to an existing mystery spot and just use the decor there... Yeah. I would be curious as to, like, logistically how they filmed it. Because it's... Oh, yeah, I guess because the laws of physics don't exist. <laughs> I, a hundred, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. Not really just, They're like, trying to how film would they... The cameras are just floating away. Yeah. I do love the mystery spot as, like, a set. I think it's really fun. I love it's also the, very iconic. Yeah, the shot of the, the green with the, the green spiral spot, yeah. and the door. It's a very fun set. I imagine that it would have been very cool as, like, production to get that memo yeah. and know that that was what you got to do with your, like, next week of work is to create that particular set. I think it would have just been so fun. I might be wrong. 
I've never worked in that sort of area before. It could have been hell. But from my outside perspective, it just seems like it would be fun to be able to play around with like, yeah, let's let's bolt these chairs to the ceiling. And yeah, let's put this random shark head. And yeah, let's like, you know, paint question marks on the wall. Because why the fuck not? Like <laughs> They were like, we're going to go like mid 80s, Batman villain, like Riddler tacky. Mm. And they committed <laughs> to it for the purposes that they need. It's great. Though, to be fair, they did this last Trickster episode too. They had the fantastic stage scene. Yeah. <laughs> that was like... That is like unknown whether or not the Trickster created it or if it was just fucking there. But the implication is it was just fucking there. I find it fucking hilarious that like every single goddamn being in the entire Supernatural like knows how codependent the fucking brothers are. I and know. the tricks is like calling him out on being codependent. I know. He's literally like, he's one step away from being like, you guys need to go to fucking therapy. Yeah. Dude, if we got a trickster episode <gasps> where he just made them go to therapy. Where he's a fake therapist. That would have been literally iconic. Like, they're not allowed to leave until they go to therapy. Like, if he, like, like there's them in a, a room. Door, it, uh, there's a door, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Anytime they go to, like, open it, it, like, moves. There's a window on both sides of the room, but they jump out the window and they pop back into the room. (laughs) So there is this Tumblr post. It's one of those super long posts, but you read it every time because it is just fucking hilarious. It's such an iconic post. I really hope most people listening, if you've been on Tumblr, I hope you know what post I'm talking about. If not, I I always reference posts and I never know how to find them because Tumblr search fucking engine is just useless. But if I can find this one, I will put it on our blog so you can scroll through and find it but it is this concept where it is sam dean and cass and they've been put in a game show by the trickster like they've been set up in this game show scenario and what's that one it's an american show where they're like i'll take x for 500 and then they have to um jeopardy jeopardy so they're playing jeopardy except all of the questions are like who betrayed such and such by doing this horrible thing? And the answers are them. So they have to like admit to all of the things that they've done. And it's just, it's so fucking funny. I wish I could show you, but it's obviously so spoiler heavy. And it's this fantastic comic and it's just, it's so in character. It is the funniest shit. It is one of my all time favorite Tumblr posts. It's so damn good. I'm glad. I think I've actually seen that scrolling through my Tumblr. Oh, okay. Probably, because I've reblogged it on my personal a bunch. We're, we're kind of getting to the end, so I I just want to sneak this in quickly because I am curious. What would be your ideal, like, if you could have the trickster concoct any, like, scenario or do anything, like, what would you, like, what would be your dream, like, trickster episode? It's got to be him messing with the brothers, obviously. Obviously, yeah. That goes without saying. I think the funniest would be to literally do... Like, just putting him in, like, suburbia. Oh, okay. Like, like Dean's, like, dream a little dream of me. No, not that's the one we just watched. Yeah. Um, When Dean in um, when What Dean, Is and What Should Never Be. Yeah. yeah. But, like, it's a sitcom world. Oh, that's fun. What? So, like, if Supernatural was a sitcom? But, like, sort of modern family-esque. Oh! Like, they're, like, next-door neighbours and, like... That's fucking They funny. have, like, a family. You know, Sam's got blurry wife. <laughs> Dean Jr. <laughs> Full sitcom vibes, like white picket fence. Like the Brady Bunch. The Brady Bunch. Yeah. And like every time they try to get out, they just like pop back in. Oh, that's fucking funny. Just like There's a laugh track only they can hear. That's kind of horrifying. Yeah. But a lot of fun. Lots of fun. Very fun for the audience. Like us watching. Terrible for them. Their misery is the whole point. You're so right. Their misery is the whole point. That hurts. Okay. Okay. Cool to know that that would be your ideal. I think that's very fun. I think that my ideal would be them in therapy. I think that's hilarious. I also think in this version, as much as I would hate it, it has to be like John and Mary and the two brothers. Oh, like John and Mary have a house in the middle and Sam's on one side and Dean's on the other? Because it's got to be more traumatizing. They've got to have the dead parents there. They've got to have like... You've got to have some kind of But, like, John antagonist. and Mary are sort of, like... Like, you know in Coraline, where she goes through the door uh, and, like, the other mother oh. is, like, happy and friendly and all of that sort of stuff, but also just kind of wrong? Dude. Yeah. Wait, who's wrong, though? John or Mary or both? Both. 
Ooh. Wait, so John's nice? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I never knew that I wanted a supernatural Coraline crossover fan fiction, but you just opened my mind. I really hope that exists. I might go look for that later. <laughs> you should write supernatural fanfic. That'd be great. It'd be hilarious because, like... I might. I'm very tempted to write that. Did you have anything else that you wanted to talk about? I find it inherently hilarious that Sam's in the middle of explaining to Dean that he's stuck in a time loop. Yeah. But still, every time he catches the hot sauce bottle, Dean is like, nice reflexes. It's like, no... Yeah. He just explained to you that he knows it's going to happen. I know. I love that scene, actually, where Sam and Dean are, like, facing off and Sam is, like, trying to prove that he knows everything Dean is going to say and they're just, like, speaking in unison at each other. Yeah. Really, It's, oh, it's fucking gold. I wonder how many times they had to reshoot that, actually, because it's, yeah. like, in sync. Like, they must have practiced that a million times over, surely. Oh yeah, that that moment was hilarious. I think that entire diner scene is very funny. And yeah. I think it's very funny that like every time Dean's like nice reflexes, mm-hmm. despite the fact that Sam is explaining to him that he he is he yeah. knows what's gonna happen. Did you notice that the syrup changed before Sam pointed it out? I didn't notice that. You no. didn't because they do I wanted to ask because they do actually pan across a couple and you can see the, the syrup changes. So like if you're look like if you're sometimes paying attention, it's the same, sometimes it's different. It's, like, it's only that one time that Sam picks it yeah. that is different. But you do see it a couple of I think you you definitely at least see it. Oh, once. I knew they established the syrup was made the Yeah. Syrup. I did I thought you were saying that like in one of the shots it was strawberry before Sam noticed it was strawberry. No, no. But did you notice that it changed before Sam pointed it out? Is my no. question. Yeah. Because I just, I love that there was those little tidbits. Actually, one of the fucking funniest parts of this episode is when it, Sam is, like, proving that he knows everything about everyone in the diner. And the lady comes up to take his order. And she's like, anything for you? And he's like, you know what I'd like? I'd like for you to log more hours at the archery range. You're a terrible shot. And it's just this. And so you just know. And she Here's has, the thing, though. We already know Sam doesn't care. He'd prefer to be playing soccer. <laughs> You just know that at some point on a Tuesday, Dean got shot by like a random arrow. <laughs> it's just... So that's my favorite it's death, so, the one that we didn't see. It's so fucking funny. Oh god, this episode is a treasure. Oh, I do really love the scene with the trickster where Dean's like, not Dean, Sam's like, you've got to change it. And the trickster's like, I don't even know if I could. And then he, he like, he goes, you can, he goes, I could. Yeah. Like, he's like, yeah, you're, you're Just right. because I sh- can doesn't mean I should, I think yeah. is the point. Which is, like, an interesting takeaway from a Supernatural episode, honestly, because the boys should ask themselves this more often. Like, okay, I have the ability to make a demon deal. Should I? Should I? Answer, probably no. Okay, so we've talked a lot this episode. We have. We do it most episodes. <laughs> That's actually what the whole premise of the podcast is. And do you is. know what I've realised? What have you realised? We never really truly actually circled back. To Sam. And You're the right. six months <laughs> that he spent with Dean dead. Yeah. And the fact that it's pretty heavily implied that Dean's one of the reasons that Sam's even a halfway decent person. And what's really interesting about that is that through the like show, kind of up to this point and continuing on, I would argue, they kind of show Sam to be the one who's like got the morals. Like he's the moral compass of the family. Yeah. Like his whole thing in like, especially like Croatoan, mm. where th- he was just like implied that Dean would just fucking off someone on mm. for no reason. And like Sam has to be the one to step in and be like, no, Dean, we can't do that. And even in um, actually, actually talking about the uh, Jeremy Carvalhoncon, yeah. was it not in A Very Supernatural Christmas? that Sam was talking about how he had to become more like Dean. Yeah, I think it was. To survive? Is that, was that, am I remembering that correctly? It was recently. I, I think it was a very supernatural Christmas. No, I reckon it was uh, Malleus Maleficarum. Yes. Which is actually Ben Edlund who wrote that. Yes, because the episode with the witches and they were talking yes. about how, you know, well, they're people, well, they're witches, you know. Yeah. And yeah, and, and Dean has this whole point where he's like, Sam, you're supposed to argue with me. You're supposed to be like, oh, no, they're people. We can't kill people. You know, and Sam's like, well, no, I have to become more like you. So it's funny because, yeah. He... And Dean got really insulted by that. Well, yeah, yeah, as he fucking should. But I think that it is interesting that you're immediately like, yeah, like he's, he's become John. Yeah. Because... Sam, yeah, doesn't isn't trying to become more like Dean. Mm. He's becoming more like John. 
He's becoming who Dean pretends to be. Mm, John. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so funny because Sam makes a whole point of being like, I know you, Dean. I can see through all your shit. And it's like, can you? Can you? Because you seem you're like, to believe I'm gonna this facade. You're like, I'm going to become more like Dean and you're going to go more like John. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like you seem to believe this fucking facade that he has going on, hmm. pretending that he's John. John's carbon copy. Yeah. And so it is super interesting as like an understanding of how Sam sees Dean. And especially if we think back to like, I don't know, even um, even like Folsom Prison Blues, where Sam sort of doesn't, like he sees Dean like blending in really well with these like criminals in the prison. And he's kind of yeah. like, doesn't it like disturb you how easily you fit in here? And Dean's like, uh, no, like not really, you know, or even- Like they're just people. Yeah, or even Tall Tales where- when Sam is, like, reimagining Dean, he reimagines him, like, kind of stupid. Mm. And it's like, he's not stupid, Sam. Like, you know, and it's this interesting, like, he he sees this facade that Dean mm. has and kind of, like, believes in it. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of Elliot Spencer Leverage. And he has a specific line where it's like, they, they say, oh, people underestimate you, Elliot. And he goes, that's the whole point. Like, the whole, like, dumb sort of facade... Yeah. Is a, like, tactic. Is a tactic. So people will mm. underestimate him. Indeed. It's the same as him being sort of like a bumbling idiot, like in Croatone, when he's trying to get out of the city. And he's, like, cracking jokes. Oh, yeah. Pretending to be kind of dumb to try and get out of the situation so that people will underestimate him. What's interesting is that Sam... Yeah, he just... He, he thinks that he knows his brother, and I... And he does. Like, don't get me wrong, Sam does know his brother. But he doesn't see through Dean's facades the way Dean sees through his. Yeah. Uh, and I think that that becomes more and more apparent with these kinds of episodes. It's and, the parental relationship. Yeah, because what I was just going to say is, Sam, it's like when you're a kid and you think your parents know everything and mm. you think your parents are always, like, good people and stuff. Yeah. And then as you get older, you, you know, develop, you know, outside understandings and you can have a more objective view of who your parents are as people. But ultimately, they're still your parents. So you still have this layer of separation between them and just general people. I think that's the same for Sam and Dean. Whereas Dean can, like, raise to Sam. So he yeah. can see, like, he knows what his, like you know, dirty diaper faces. Yeah. Sam doesn't have that same insight. No. And so he is, like, looking at Dean like, I've grown up with you. And it's like, yeah, but you grow up with, this is your parent. Yeah. Like, he has kept a layer of distance between himself, like, and you in a way that doesn't exist in the opposite track. Yeah. Like, only one of you has wiped the other's butt. Yeah. And also, Dean protects Sam from everything. Mm-hmm. So, like... Dean isn't emotionally vulnerable with Sam the way Sam can be emotionally vulnerable with Dean. Yeah. We've talked about this before. Yeah. At length. Ad nauseum. There is an episode coming up in season four or five. I think it is Dark Side of the Moon. I'm pretty sure, I'm actually pretty sure it's like mid-season five. And it really explores the difference in the way that Dean remembers growing up and what he prioritized and what Sam relishes from like remembering growing up yeah. and what he prioritized. And it gives you a very interesting look into the two of them and how they view each other. Yeah. Uh, and I think that when we get to that episode, this topic is going to be super relevant, hmm. like super duper relevant. I don't mind telling you the title and stuff because it's not too mid season five. I'm, you will probably forget. And ultimately what I've just told you isn't that spoilery. But it is definitely, like, this dynamic that we have between them does get sort of explored in greater depth. I think I can't do any more character analysis. Like, I've hit my limit. <laughs> That's fair. So did you have anything more to add? Oh, Dean is a dork and I love him. Okay, yep. We That's a very that. important note. Every time he's gargling and he, like, looks across at Sam and he starts, like, grinning while he's gargling, I just, I love that every fucking time. I think that's just a treat. Oh, I will say, though, Sam was a little pathetic in this episode. And again, every time he's a little pathetic, it makes me like him more. <laughs> I don't know what it is. He, he, every time he seems, like, small and helpless, even though yeah. he is the tallest boy. Yeah. <laughs> what else is there in this episode? 
Oh, I'm just like looking at this, all my notes, and I'm thinking there is just so much in this episode, and I'm worried that like we've forgotten to talk about something significant, and I'm gonna regret it later. But it's okay, we've got a second episode to do it though. Exactly. I was just gonna say, luckily, we are going to be talking about this episode again with Abigail from Saving People Queering Things on their podcast. For... Previously, the other driver picks the podcast. Yes, previously our name twin. Yes, yeah, so we're very much looking forward to speaking with them about this, and honestly, I. The episodes will probably come out in the same week. I think it's just going to be... At this point, yeah. Both of our podcasts are just going to release all three of us talking about the same episode in two different formats. So if you've enjoyed this episode and you'd want more, please head on over to their podcast. It's fantastic. We would highly recommend it. And Abigail is just a treasure of a human being. I think that just about does it for today's episode. So, Jamie, how would you rate Mystery Spot out of five? I'm going to give it four out of five stars. Oh, right up there with Bad Day at Black Rock. No, Bad Day at Black Rock was four and a half. Oh, you're right. So this one gets less than less than Bad No Day Bella, Black. because No Bella, no right? No Bella, yeah. Right. Okay. And not enough Bobby. Yeah. So, like, you can't compensate for No Bella with, like, Bobby. Also, Sam fully murders Bobby. Also, can you imagine if he'd been wrong? I find it really funny, though. When, when Bobby's like, sacrifice me, he hands, like, this wavy, groovy knife. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, that's a knife. It'll, it'll probably be because they were going to some of the tricks, so it would have been, yeah. like, irrelevant somehow. But, like, yes. Also, we didn't even fucking touch on this. But, yeah, the fact that Sam was, A, willing to just go, like, drain all of the blood of, like, a random person, which, like, as you pointed out. But then it's also, like, was he willing to drain the blood of a random person, or is he just trying to test to see if Bobby was Bobby or the trickster? True, I guess. I guess. It's the I mean, layers. He seemed pretty content to just go murder someone. I mean, and Bobby, Bobby making the point that, like, you know, better me than a civilian. Bobby, you know, at least know he's your consenting limits. to murder. <laughs> uh, we do love Bobby. We stand Bobby on this podcast. He is our fave, even when he's being portrayed by the trickster. He is yeah. still Honestly, the real I just MVP. Think, yeah. Okay, the next episode is called. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. If it's just in below or juice in below, it's probably a reference to something that I don't understand. But the next episode is called Juice in Below. What's your predictions? Thoughts? Feelings? Fears? I honestly, that sounds like gibberish to me. So I don't know what. Do you want to Google it and see if there's a reference? I mean, we can. Yeah, let's. Okay, so there's juice ad bellum, which is a set of criteria that is to be consulted before engaging in war in order to determine whether entering into war is permissible. That is whether it will be a just war. This is distinct from the set of rules that ought to be followed during a war, known as juice and below. There you go. So it's like the guidelines of war. Okay. Well, still don't know what to do with that, so <laughs> I'm going to guess they're going to pick a fight with somebody, maybe. Maybe Bella. Bella's still got the gun. Yeah, Bella has the cult. We really... They actually, they included the fact that Bella had the cult in the intro to this episode. But they couldn't they, find her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they just sort of didn't pick up on that at all. So maybe they're going to start a war with Bella for the gun? Maybe they're going to start a war with Hell and they need the gun? I'm going to assume the gun's coming back. Well, technically they're in a war. They've been talking about it this whole season. Like, Mm. they're in a war with, like, the demon army of Hell, Mm. right? But, like, demon army's kind of been a bit useless because they don't have a leader because Sam was supposed to be the leader and he was like, "Mm, nah, thanks, I'll pass. I still reckon it would be a better season. With Ava? Yeah, with Ava. Or even if they just had it, that, like... Instead of running from the leadership position, Sam was like, no, actually being the leader of the demon army is the one way I'm going to get Dean's soul back. Mm-hmm. And he like went into it. I think that would have been a better season. Yeah. Honestly. And not out of, not like, not that out of character. Because like, look how desperate he was to save Dean and Faith. True. I wonder if, would, how would you, I'm interested now, because obviously this is not how the season went. So I don't mind like just diving into it and speculating. Yeah. But like, okay. So if, if Sam had decided to go that route, he was like, yeah. I'm going to really lean into this. Like, do you mean like he would fully be the leader of the Hell Army? Or do you think he would just be like manipulating his way through to try and get to it? Like, oh no, I think he would like fully be the leader of the Hell Army. Ooh. I just think he would not go to war. Do you think that Dean would, how do you think Dean would feel about that? Badly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think it would be like, if they did a season like that, it would be like Dean and Bobby versus Sam and the Demon Army? Sam and Ruby, specifically. Oh, Because yeah. I think, look, I think if they were going to do this premise and they were going to do it well, mm-hmm. the reason that Dean steps up is because Ruby goes to Sam, says, I have a way to get your brother out of the Demon Deal. Mm-hmm. And the only way for Ruby to get Dean out of the Demon Deal is for Sam to take his rightful position as the leader of Hell. Mm. 
and then command the demon who holds the contracts to let Dean out of the demon den. To be fair, being the leader of the demon army does not necessarily equate to being the king of hell. Like, mm-hmm. there are two separate positions. He's like, he's essentially, Sam is supposed to be like that general. Yeah, but I don't think Ruby would disclose that Yeah. before Sam become the leader of the hell army. And then it's sort of like, Dean's now stuck in a bad position because he still sold his soul to hell. Yeah. Sam's now stuck in a shitty position. because Sam's he's now, now on hell's payroll. He's now on hell's payroll. <laughs> He's now the leader of hell, but he's trying desperately to prevent the war at the same time that he's trying to get Infiltrate. Dean's soul back for him. Yeah. So I just think, I, I think that's a more interesting way to do it, personally. Yes. I think it would be super interesting. I do think it would be hard to maintain over oh, yeah. like 10 plus episodes. A hundred percent. I think it would have to be like a two episode arc at max. Yeah. Like maybe three if you're pushing it. So it's a season finale, yeah? Look, you can make that prediction in like four episodes time. <laughs> Alrighty, so you think that it's going to be something to do with... The gun. They're going to pick a fight with someone. And war. Okay. Alright. They're my three guesses. Not a problem. Okay, so that just about does it for this week's episode. If you would like to interact with us any more than just listening to us babble on in your ears for about an hour a week, you can always find us over on our socials. We would be more than happy to interact with you, so please hit us up if you would like. Um, you can always hit Jamie up on Twitter. She's there at DriverPicksPod. I feel like it would be super fun to head over there and talk about your favourite ways Dean died in this episode specifically. We're not going beyond this point, but in this episode specifically, your favourite ways that Dean died. I feel like maybe you could do a poll. It could be a fun time. They can't see it, but the look on my face is concerned the way you were very vehemently. Like, this episode only. How many times exactly does Dean die? It's a great question. Okay, so it's time to torture Beth a little. Because that was me. You, you got to admit, it was objectively mean to do that to I me. I think it was mean. People die all the time in this silly show. That's Dean died a hundred times in this one episode. Exactly! He also came back to life a hundred times in this episode. Strange things happen when you're going around the twist. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to interact with Bethany, you can find her over on Tumblr at Driver Picks the Podcast and send her some torture scenarios. Like, if you Ooh. were the trickster, what what would you whack the Winchesters in? I Is it therapy? I think that would be genius. I love that so much. Is it a sitcom? <laughs> Is it, oh my god, a Parks and Rec style sitcom? Dude, yes. Oh my or god. Or like The Office? I I don't like The Office. Neither do I. But <laughs> the setting is prime like real comedy estate. real estate. Yeah, know? yeah. Oh, awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds fun. Awesome. All right, so uh, yeah, that is everything. Hopefully you enjoyed. We certainly had a lot of fun recording. Uh, hopefully we'll have you back next week for Juice in Bellow by Sarah Gamble. Look for that long con. So there's angels? I don't think that. I don't actually know. If, I don't remember if the long con is relevant in this next episode. I was just you like the long talking con? shit. I like the long con. I think it's fun. Okay. Anyway. Bye. Bye.